Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I'm Randall Carlisle. That's Rachel Santizo. No, it's not. Rachel changed dramatically. Uh, my usual co-host, Rachel, could not be here today. And our guest is Rocky Hancock. Let me lay a little, uh, let me lay a news story on you that I picked up from the CDC just for your, I don't even know what your drug of choice was. What what was it? Uh, heroin. Heroin? Oh, okay. Well, this sort of relates. Uh, the CDC said uh, that in the 12 months ending in July, 107,000 people died of overdoses. And, and you know, we've heard, that, we've heard that before, but they said uh, synthetic opioids, primarily fentanyl, were involved in more than two-thirds of the overdose deaths. Does that surprise you at all or not? No, not really. You know, it's uh, going around, and I've heard there's even fentanyl that uh, they can't use Narcan on nowadays. Really? That's scary. I don't know if it's true, but you know, it's just a scary situation. It, uh, it, it, before we get into Rocky's background and everything, uh, people who have not dealt with addiction don't understand how, like, if I say to you, Rocky, okay, your drug of choice was heroin, and if you knew that it could have a lethal dose of fentanyl in it, would you still do it? Yeah, that's the problem. And, and you would, right? Yeah. From from an addict's point of view, why would you do that if you knew that it could kill you? I guess it's just the insanity of the addiction, you know, obsession and compulsion, not being able to control uh, your decisions in that aspect of your life. You know, you want to get well and not be sick, I guess. You know? And that's, you know, that's it's scary. Uh, it's like Russian roulette. You know? But you're willing to do it. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> no, no, thank, yeah. thank goodness. But I definitely was, you know. The the it, It's hard to explain. How would you explain to a person watching or listening to this the compulsion that you would do that? I, I mean, you know, in, in the AA Big Book, they have this story about this guy that keeps walking out in the road and getting hit by a car, and one time he loses his leg, and, and when he heals from that, he comes back and he walks out in front of a car again and loses an arm. Yeah. And, and, and everybody reads that story and says, wait, wait, how, that's, that's insanity, right? Yeah. yeah how, would you, how would you describe to somebody who doesn't understand addiction why you could, were you an IV user? Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for why 17 you, years. 17 years. Yeah. Why you would take a shot of something that could kill you? Well, I mean... Um, well, the, back the first time I tried it, I was in like seventh grade. Um, you tried heroin in seventh grade? Well, pills was the first thing that all of us got into. My buddy's uncle, um, taught a bunch of us, me and my buddy Gavin and a couple of us how to shoot up, you know, and, uh, one by one, I just watched all my friends overdose growing up. And, and dying or, or yeah really yeah how many a lot too many to count really yeah yeah so, you still did it yeah and i still did it you know i uh even used one of my best friend's deaths as a excuse to get loaded you know hmm. yeah 
Well, but yeah, I would say that obsession, you know, it's like a overpowering. You don't really think about anything like that except for getting high, making sure you have enough to last you through the night and first thing in the morning. Nothing else matters, you know. That's a, that's a good explanation. Uh-huh. It because uh, people all the time say to me, "Why why do you do this?" And you go, "Well, because <laughs> I'm because I." I have this disease called addiction. That's why I. That's why I do it. Yeah. So, so you started out. Uh, let's get into your story. You started out. When did you say seventh grade? Yeah. So in like sixth and seventh grade, me and my buddy Gavin Gilson started eating pills at school. Opioid um, pills. Yeah, like Percocets and Opanas, and they back then they had oxycotton, you know. 40s, 80s, 60s, all that stuff. And uh, my buddy Jared Sturman got in trouble and was on drug court, and he actually broke his own hand so he could still do pills. But his uncle... Um, so he broke his hand so he could go get a <laughs> grip for the pills. <laughs> yeah, with the hammer. It's Jeez. just crazy. So uh, they, uh, Jared's uncle wanted us to hang out Um and we used to go over there because it was a place that we could do whatever we wanted, you know, drink, uh, smoke weed, you know, and get high. And one day he just asked us if we wanted to try it, you know, the man way, he said, you know, taught us all how to shoot up. It was stupid looking back at it. You know, that guy was a piece of crap. Yeah, he was. How old was he? Way older. He had just been uh, honorably discharged from the military, so... He was like a prisoner of war over there, I guess. And he had every pill you could think of. And he's just drinking and hanging out with kids, you know. He got us all strung out and just had us selling his pills for him. So you you were dealing at that age? All of us were, you know, just to get high. Wow. And whatever happened to him? I heard he overdosed, but I don't know. For sure, I don't talk. I haven't talked to him in ten years. So for for seventeen years, you were addicted to heroin. Yeah, and my dad never knew uh, that I'd shot up or anything. My dad just thought that I was ditching school and stuff because I was smoking weed and drinking, but that wasn't it at all. I was strung out, you know, on opiates. Wow, oxy's, heroin, all that stuff, and then. Um, it just, it just got bad and got worse and worse and worse and worse. And then I, um, I tried to move out here from New Mexico in 2009 and, um, came out here to start over and it was just even worse out here, you know, 10 times worse. I've heard this, I've heard the story from several people saying they moved from other states <laughs> yeah. because they came to Utah because they think they, they thought Utah was this pristine, clean place where you can't get drugs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not the case. Not the case. And what I'm, what, uh, one thing I'm learning too, and, um, I got almost 21 months clean and, uh, Congratulations. if you don't look for it, you know, you got to look for it. You could find it anywhere. You know, I could have stayed in my hometown, but, you know, if I wasn't looking for it and I wanted the life I have right now, then maybe things would be different. But I'm glad that things worked out the way they did. What led me to Odyssey is uh, I was hanging out with a buddy 
and his dad and um his dad overdosed right in front of me and I tried to save his life and I couldn't and the ambulance people came and everything and couldn't save his life either and he died you know and I for the longest time I just felt like it was my fault and after that I started looking for treatment and and so you came to Odyssey how long were you in Odyssey um I stayed I could have discoed out and stuff but I stayed for nine months you know just because it was awesome it was the best program I've ever been to um it actually gave me structure, taught me how to hold myself accountable and hold people accountable and, and not like, uh, you know, everybody says bad things about it, but it's like uh, holding somebody accountable, showing, showing them you care, you know, and are able to call them out on their stuff and let them, instead of let them fall through the cracks right to their right. grave, you know, yeah. just taught me a different way of life. And uh, today everything is good, you know. Um, everybody I have in my life's in recovery. Um, these guys have given me a huge foundation to stand on of people that I can depend on, you know. And then uh, at the people I work with, some of the people I work with, like my boss is in recovery. Um, his name's Tyson. He's got seven years. And he's like a huge inspiration to me, you know. Um, and I was lucky enough for him to give me a shot at this company and now you know it's a career something i could do you know for the rest of my life people people don't realize how many i mean it, the news stories are always about people passing out dying on the street or the one that i just read at the beginning yeah. saying all these people died and everything what people don't realize is that there's a ton of people in recovery and the community uh, here in Utah, and I think around the country, it's pretty huge. Yeah. Yeah, the recovery here is a lot different than anywhere else I've ever been, you know. My mom has 10 years clean off of meth, and I go to meetings with her um, in California um, when I go visit her and stuff like that. And it's pretty awesome, but it's just not like here, you know. It's a lot different out here. I like it it's a lot better. And and have you uh, we we often hear the story. Did you go? To, did, did you ever get arrested? You have a record. And everything? <laughs> yeah. What you're laughing? <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah, I've been arrested a couple times. How much time did you spend behind bars? Uh, like most of my adult life, really. Most uh, parts of my childhood, but not not like anything long you know enough to scare me to stay out of trouble or anything but my adult life most of it yeah in and out in and out in and out you know just stupid stuff like six months nine months uh i've been to seven different treatment centers since really? i've been 20 years old you know i went to treatment for 15 months when i was 18 but you know i just uh I was just trying to get out of trouble and start getting high again, you know, and that's just not how it is today. Why, why didn't they work and Odyssey worked? I'm curious. Um, this was the first time I wanted it, you know, and I did it for some, for reasons. Um, like at first I didn't do it for myself. I did it to save a marriage and uh, be there for my kids, but I, came to realize you know that 
um, you can't do it for that. You got to do it for yourself, you know? And she divorced me, wanted to divorce a week before I got out and all this stuff. So things didn't work out the way I wanted it to, but I didn't let it break me down or anything. I just keep doing what I'm doing and staying positive, you know? I'm going to stay clean no matter what comes my way. I'm going to work my hardest to anyways, you know? What do you what do you do when you're when you're triggered or tempted to just say screw it? I mean, like like the story you just told, a lot of people would say, "My God, I went through this tough program, Odyssey House. I'm ready to graduate, and now you're divorcing me. I'll get high again." I, yeah, you know. yeah. I just don't. I just uh, you know, after watching my buddy's dad die right in front of me, I just I just don't want to do that to my family. That was like the worst situation I've ever been in because like I've seen people overdose and all that stuff, you know, but when it's somebody close to you, it's a whole different story, you know, and you're trying everything like we were Narcan and them, just everything. Cops are on the way and just nothing worked, you know. Wow. That was like a huge turning point in my life. And then I got out of Odyssey and had got assigned a, a new probation officer. Um, and like, I've always had the same PO for like the last 10 years, you know? And as soon as I start doing good, he just lets me off paper and all this stuff, you know? This new PO I got, he was a little hard on me, but uh, I can talk to that dude about anything, you know? Gives me advice about life and stuff like that. He's not like a normal PO, you know. Well, I wouldn't say a normal PO, but like <laughs> not a mean one, you know. He's actually pretty awesome. But uh, I'm gonna be getting off probation on the 10th of wow. January. Wow! So way to go. So com- compare your life now to the 17 years you were using. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I've had over the last two weeks, my cars broke down four times, you know, and it's costing me hundreds and hundreds of dollars and like all kinds of stuff has been stressful. But I look at all that stuff and it's not even close to how stressful my days were when I was all high and on the run and everything, you know. Yeah, it doesn't even come close. <laughs> what, what, what is your, everybody has, uh, when, you, when you leave any kind of treatment program or whatever, everybody has a relapse uh, plan. What, what would you do if you were tempted to use again? What, would you call somebody? Would you go, uh, what, how would that work? Yeah, so I make sure I keep my, I actually don't want to say that, but I keep my butt in the rooms, like AA, you know, HA, NA. Uh, and I just surround myself with people that I came through the program with, you know, that are ahead of me and uh, that I look up to today. Like this program taught me how to hold myself accountable. Today I'm strong enough to reach out instead of isolate. And that's one of the, one of the biggest things I would do is, you know, isolate. And I think that's true of everyone. When I was uh, when I was heaviest into my alcoholism, I just sat at home by myself and just got drunk till I passed out. Yeah, exactly. You know, in in the early days, I'd go to bars and socialize, but towards the end, I just isolated entirely. Yeah, yeah. 
And so you would you would call somebody or call a buddy or yeah, definitely. Today from, I'm actually able to and strong enough to for once. You know, I didn't used to be. I used to just bottle all those feelings up. You know, it's crazy. I'm grateful for where I'm at today and the people I have in my life. You know, it's awesome. And you say your your boss is in recovery too. That's got to help. Yeah, it's awesome because like, uh, you know, he, him and this guy, Josh, Josh is uh, my dispatcher. He like tells me where to go in the truck, you know, and what deliveries to do. He's like my boss, but Tyson's all of our bosses. Mm -hmm. And then there's this Tyson's boss, Derek, all of those guys are awesome. Like, but Josh and Tyson, I'm around them like every day during the week at work, you know? And those guys right there motivate me to want to continue to do better and have a better life. And then uh, the guy who trained me, this guy named Tom, he had a life of addiction, too. And he's been clean for over a half a decade, you know, and it's just awesome. And then uh, another driver, his name's Dale. Um, he has a pretty crazy story, too, and he's in recovery. So, you know, it's just nice to be surrounded around positive people that are awesome you know have you had trouble uh, obviously you, you you got a job have you had trouble I, I hear about other people in recovery who have records uh have trouble getting a job uh, a place to live that kind of stuff have you experienced any of that oh yeah like crazy so um when i got my felony to robbery charge i had signed a plea deal for a zero to five and my lawyer told me i was going to prison um a bunch of stuff happened me and my ex-wife were in a bunch of debt and um she wanted to file bankruptcy so we decided to or whatever and um the bankruptcy went through but it didn't take anything off my record right so like it says i have a car that's repossessed like I couldn't open a bank account when I got out of treatment. I had to call around and fix all that stuff. And now I got to call the IRS because um, they won't give me a car loan or nothing, you know. And and then on my record, it says I have a bankruptcy and my credit is just slaughtered, you know. So it's hard to get into a place. I spent like $1,200 on application fees. Me and a graduate that I went through all IOP with, his name's Jordan, he's my roommate. Um, we just started looking for places, you know, and uh, we met this guy and this lady. He has 31 years clean off alcohol. So he gave me and Jordan a shot to rent to us. And we live up like close to holiday now. It's awesome. But, but there, it was hard at first. There, yeah, there are a lot of obstacles to go through. To clean up your life, people don't realize that it takes a lot of patience and and and, and a lot of work, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and the problem with that is an awful lot of people who are suffering from addiction uh, get to a point where it just gets so frustrating. You just say, "Screw it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to my old ways," right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, my daughter's mom says, you know, all those problems that you have when you're clean and sober, like, they're problems with solutions, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not just all chaotic like it used to be, for sure. 
it did well. It's it's dealing with life is and yeah. and you and you go through what what everybody goes through, but not everybody numbs themselves to go through that, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, I would you. Uh, it's called a disease. Would you buy into that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like uh, they say, you know, you got to take your medicine so you don't get sick, like the AA and the sponsor and working steps and all that stuff's a real thing, you know. I know I had stopped going to all that stuff and just falling right off in the past, you know. So I just try to stay plugged in and surround myself around positive people. Yeah, that, it's funny because the first time I went through an IOP program, uh, I stayed clean for nine months, uh, but I hated AA meetings and I didn't get a sponsor and I stopped going and nine months later I relapsed. And then the second time I went through, I said, okay, I'm going to do all the stuff they claim works. I found a really good sponsor. I started going to meetings regularly and it made a difference. You know, I, I, you know, people, some people hate AA and some people buy into it, but it, but it works for an awful lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. It, it describe, because this is a podcast about you, describe what NA or, or whatever 12 step meeting how how does it why does it work for you why does it help you uh it's just nice to be in a room like that's why i like odyssey house because 90 percent of the staff members have been through addiction you know right it's just easier for me to listen to somebody that's been there you know than somebody that hasn't i guess you could say you know and it's nice to hear other people's stories and how they got through like you'll hear people say the same stuff that you're going through at the time and they'll be talking about how they got through it you know and you can take that and run with it it's awesome and it's nice to see that these people are succeeding so it's easier for you to think of yourself succeeding yeah for sure for sure i i i I, uh facilitate a family support group uh that the that the people uh generally have adult kids who are either out running and gunning still or in jail or in a treatment program. And every one of them wants me to ask this. And I, so I ask it every time. And you sort of alluded to it. What was the one thing that persuaded you to get help and it worked? I mean, you talked about seeing the guy die, but. Well, um, Everybody wants to pinpoint it, you know. There was like a combination of things. Like uh, my felony two robbery charge. Like I didn't want to go to prison on that, you know, because I would have done a long time on that. And then, you know, uh, my ex-wife was threatening to like get a divorce and all this stuff. And then um, I was just tired of being sick every day, you know. Like, uh, I was like 111 pounds and like, really? Yeah, it was insane. 111 pounds. For people listening and not watching this podcast, how much you weigh now? 211. Jeez, you were down 100 pounds. It was bad, you know? Um, and just 
just like a, it was just a combination of all that not wanting to go to prison and watch my kids grow up through pictures or end up overdosing and them not knowing me at all you know um, one of the things that did it for me is uh i had to watch my son be born on a visit in jail you know and uh after that i got or because of covid like ordered a release or whatever and i didn't have anywhere to go or nothing and they released over 200 people because of covid so like i went to the shelter or whatever and uh vernal and everybody in there was getting high you know so it was just over and i just relapsed you know and uh kept going and kept going and kept going until um i came to odyssey house like i before that i had went to the thompson house of hope um it's an it's a new treatment center in roosevelt utah it's ran by uh this guy named leo dan and uh uh dan karen and his wife and uh, a couple other people from the community you know like pastors and lds people and assembly of god people they all get together and have all these classes and put together a pretty nice treatment facility you know but i was in there twice you know and it just wasn't working you know um i needed structure like i needed somebody i needed like rules you know well, you got them at Odyssey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, when I came to this program, it was awesome. And it was, like, one of the funnest experiences I've ever had, for sure. But it gave me the motivation to want to do things on my own now, you know what I mean? Instead of asking for help or trying to ask somebody to help me figure something out, I could just try to learn it on my own. Yeah. I, I have heard very few people call our program one of the funnest things they've done. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Well, when you don't want to die and you've seen most of your friends die, it's not really fun being out there anymore. You know. Right. Yeah. You you said at the beginning. I asked you how many, and if you really had to put a number on how many people did you see die. Um. I remember about like four, three or four years ago, me and my buddy went to nine funerals in a year. Really? You know? All overdoses. Yeah. yeah. But th those are just people I met in Vernal. Like my friends back home, like have been dying, you know, one of them every couple of years over the last 15 years, 16 years, you know. So dozens of people? Yeah, it just sucks. Yeah, a lot of people. Wow. Yeah, well, one of my peers just passed away, uh, and I just barely went to his funeral the other day. Yeah. Wow. wow. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Would you believe yeah. a half hour is up now? Already? Yeah. I uh, was watching this, and I was like, I wonder if they'd let me come on there. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, why yeah. not? Because I just wanted to say, you know, this program saved my life. You know, great for it. Well, and I and I should tell people that I certainly didn't solicit this. You reached out to <laughs> us and said, yeah. "Could I be on a podcast?" And I and I'm glad you came because you shared, you know, a, a, a good part of the story. Somebody, you were pretty hardcore, right? And and now you're succeeding. 
which is really inspiring. And, and the hope of this podcast is that if, if other people who are in your shoes or, or loved ones who have somebody who were in your shoes, maybe it'll give them inspiration and hope that their loved ones can uh, find recovery and, and live and succeed. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, for what sure. was the experience like for you being on this podcast? Pretty awesome. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Rocky. Yeah, I, thank I appreciate you. appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you for watching another edition of Odyssey House Journals. Yeah.